3: All right, final hour. Mackie and Judd from the TCL broadcast studios.
2: Uh, today, Judd, a very upset Manny Hill. I just want to say that liner, that Adrian Heath liner for the show. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Based on the last segment, my so, thoughts on the last segment. So,
3: John Krasinski, a well respected Wolves scribe for The Athletic, just tweeted out I can think of a lot worse ways. I can think of a lot worse ways to spend a Minimum salary, then on Luel Dang, but we'll see how it goes. So what would he going off your meltdown? What would he stand to bring to this franchise? And I guess my question is this too. Well where is this franchise?
2: <laughs> I I I just Because okay. I get your frustration. But so, where are they? So Luol Deng, okay. There was a point where a few years ago where I would have loved to have Lou Alding on the Wolves. I mean, he's not, truth be told, he's not that far removed from being a pretty good, productive NBA player. The problem is, is he's just not anymore. There's no, there's, there's no, he played one game for the Lakers this past season, Judd. Mm-hmm. One game, <laughs> he played 13 minutes, took two shots, hit one, and scored two points. Like he, he's cooked. Yeah, yeah, he's no, cooked. no, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm and familiar listen. with
3: cooked players. I've seen and, them on the wire. And listen, Thomas Lu- Vanek played here. Don't forget that.
2: Well, I mean, and listen, this this is not Lu- Luol Deng's a good like. I can understand the, the the idea of wanting to bring him in as he's a good locker room guy you yeah, know they, and all of that you? but you, don't they have those don't, don't, don't I mean, they have enough locker room T- guys tajs tajs is, Tosh is a pretty good locker room well, guy well and butler's going to be your locker room guy anthony Tolliver, i think is a good locker room guy but i mean butler's
3: going to be how but, many
2: more locker room guys do butler, you
3: need but butler oh, okay let's dissect this manny butler's your alpha i think there's no question right he mm-hmm. is your alpha And for better or for worse, that's the way it's going to be. Like, is Luol Deng going to step into the Wolves locker room and say, Jimmy, you know, Cat's really important. you got to change your ways towards Cat. I think Jimmy's going to say, bleep you, Luol. I treat people the way I want. Well,
2: here's the thing with that, though. I do think you could be onto something with that in that because Jimmy, I remember Jimmy's... Uh, introductory press conference with the Wolves, he talked about how Luol Deng played a huge role in his development development because Luol was already there and was already kind of an established player and helped kind of mentor Jimmy and turn Jimmy into the player that he is. So there might be something where Luol can step into the locker room and just say, hey, Jimmy, cool off on Cat a little bit. But there's also a possibility that Luol Deng could walk into the locker room with the same mentality and be completely on board with what Tom Thibodeau wants and what Jimmy Butler wants. Oh, absolutely! And be the same. Yes. Be treat Carl Anthony I, Towns the same way. Because I whiffed. Com- because he played for he played with those guys.
3: And I and when it comes to Butler, I whiffed completely on that analysis. Because I'm I'm the one who said, Oh, Jimmy Butler, this is great. He's not only an all star player, but he's going to step in here and he's going to tell players like Wiggins and Cat. He's going to explain Tibbs to them. Mm-hmm. And so this is really gonna be good because Butler will be the conduit that Tibbs needs to the young players. I was a thousand percent wrong. Butler's just Tibbs again. He's Tibbs two point oh. Yeah. So and so if this is gonna be another case of another ex-bull, I mean you can't you can't you can't just get ex-bulls to come here and be like, now you should listen because we have another ex bull here.
2: And to me, I it just, you know, all due respect to Tom Thibodeau. Like, at some point you've gotta be willing to branch out from what you were doing five, six years ago. Like your answer to everything can't just be I'll go get this guy well, because he played for me in Chicago. I don't think you owe You're gonna go sign you're gonna go sign Carlos Boozer next? Joe Kim Noah might get bought out by the Knicks. They
3: might sign him. Don't laugh.
2: <laughs> I know I'm not laughing. I'm chuckling, but
3: you're yeah. you're right. Well and the other thing is you don't you don't owe an all due respect to Tibbs in this sense. As far as I can tell, other than the Butler trade, which has gone more sideways than I ever thought it would this quickly, executive-wise, he shouldn't have this job. He shouldn't be president of basketball operations. Now, we could we could debate the coach part, but he needs a boss. Desperately needs a boss. Like, somebody has to put their foot Somebody
2: down. has, I think somebody, they, they need somebody that's going to step in and say, uh, oh, Tibbs. Luol Deng. Well, you also need well, somebody. This, do you think? What do you? What, you I, I'm do, not sure. What do you? You, you think also this will work.
3: You also need an executive, which they don't have, obviously, Manny. But you need an executive to call uh, Tibbs, Cat, uh, and Butler in and say, "What are we doing?" And by the way, this conversation starts right here. That guy, the young guy. Is the most important person in this room. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy, if you don't want to be, if you don't think that you can help him or play with him, tell me. I I will trade you. And when Tibbs is like, you can't trade him. I'll say, absolutely, I will. I'm your boss. So, so sit down and shut up, to Tibbs. But the price. So I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any need for respect towards Tom as an executive because so far he's proven that he can't do the job. This is like this is not. This is not functional. This is not a good idea. And collecting collecting old timers. Is a really really flawed way to go about your business,
2: Judd. This is Brad Childress bringing in Billy McMullen yeah, to be a wide receiver for the Vikings or Hank Basket. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what this is. This is that's really what well I'm comfortable with these guys mm-hmm. because I coached them before at a different place. Mm-hmm. This is not what can they truly bring now from a locker room chemistry perspective. Can Lou Aldeng bring you something? Possibly, because he is, I mean, but for the Derek most Rose. part, I've liked Luol Deng as a player.
3: You got Derrick Rose already. How many more of these do you How need? How many more
2: Bulls players do you need? Exactly. Your, your and Childress, got, and you, your and Childress and analogy it's, is perfect. It's exactly the same thing. That's outstanding. It's exactly the same thing. What do you need Billy McMullen as one of your wide, What do you, because you, he was the fifth wide receiver with the Eagles six years ago, and you're going to bring him in? You're gonna bring in Luol Dang because you coached him in Chicago and he's a free agent available. And you're right. The moment the Knicks buy out Joe Kim Noah, he'll be in for a visit.
3: Can't help himself. Right, which is not which is not being an effective effective executive.
2: It's not. It's just going with what's comfortable for you. And that's it, it, you gotta be you have to be willing to connect and be willing to coach players outside of what you have been coaching in the past. You've got to be able to manage personnel. You can't just say, let's just go the easy route and bring in a guy that I know from before. all Deng's not going to play. I mean, it's not like... No, you're right, it's comfort. But but it's just, it's like, why? You don't... Security blankets. You know, I mean, yeah.
3: It's secure. It's, it is... You know what, Manny? Your children's analogy is dead on. It's, it's the exact it's, same it's dead thing on because it's also people who aren't necessarily effective at being executives, trying to do something to make themselves feel comfortable because they because their job is coaching. You know, Billy McMullen, You're right, Hank Baskett,
2: Kelly Greg, Holcomb, correct? Kelly Holcomb, Greg
3: Lewis. That whole all of those guys were brought in because Brad knew them. Coy it,
2: Detmer. Yep. Remember Coy Detmer kicked it around with the Vikings for two days? Nightmares. And got paid thousands of dollars for doing that. Because he stuff. had a stop in Philadelphia when Chili was there. Yeah, you're right.
3: Yeah, same thing. It's perfect. 651-646-8255. Uh, 651-646-8255. Six, six, five, 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 six, six, five, five, if you'd like to join the conversation, certainly uh, if you have angst or thoughts about the, the Wolves, do you like a potential move to bring in yet another Expo? 651-646-8255. Six, six, five, five. All right, so off of this topic here's my question for both you guys twins wild and wolves which one drives you more crazy right now because you know I absolved the Vikings uh they the fact they didn't go get a guard does bother me the fact that they drafted a kicker and traded up to get a rookie kicker bothers me
2: but they have so but they've many done other a lot
3: of good going things really well they've done yeah. a lot of very smart things and and the to me going out and getting a quarterback and going all in on that position after going to the conference title game took guts, but I like it. But when it comes to you know the Twins, I wouldn't have included in this conversation last Wednesday. Um, but I do now. The Buxton thing has me completely. Dan Dan Hayes is is as objective as person on the Twins as we talk to.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He's as objective as it gets. Yes, he is. And he sounded like I do, which is I don't, I can't figure this out. The Wild, I, I like the fact that they have a new GM, but there's certainly some things there, and there's some players there left that confound you, and the Wolves.
2: I, well, I mean, for me, it's 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 an easy answer for me. Yeah, it's, it's the Wolves right now, because I, I just don't... It, there has to be more... I think with the Wolves, there has to be more forward thinking, and I don't know if there's been enough forward thinking everything has just been like we're gonna bring this guy in to fix this right now and doesn't matter how much money he's making and it doesn't matter like we gotta fix this right now like there's there hasn't been enough of objectivity within there there hasn't been enough hey let's Let's expand a little bit. Let's look at this. Let's bring this guy in. What do we think about this guy? Hey, we need some shooting. Let's go and get a three-point shooter. Let's address this. I, I mean, it, it's just been, a lot of it has just been, I'm going to go with what's familiar with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with what, what I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I I just, I don't, It, it, it just doesn't, it's, it's not like they are in horrible shape. I mean, they got a lot of money, a lot of salary invested into the roster. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room as far as cap space and going out to get somebody else. I understand that. And they have improved. They made the playoffs for the first time in 14 years last year. Mm-hmm. I get it. But to me, it's like it's it's been good and it's been solid, but there's the potential for things to be so much better and we're just not realizing it yet. And I don't know if we ever will realize it. So that's, that's why it's driving me crazy. Omar, what's up? Thanks for holding on. What's up, Omar.
0: Hey, what's up fellas? Uh, I guess I don't want to totally disagree, but I feel the entire opposite. Um, the changeover in the roster at the end of, or the, after the all-star break last year, getting roles and getting, uh, yeah, I think it was Rose we got. It, it, I think our problem with the Wolves has been small forward. Um, you say, "Oh, what are you talking about?" You got Andrew Wiggins. Well, Wiggins and uh, Butler are the kind of the same position of big shooting guard. Mm-hmm. So there were times in Chicago when Dang and Butler played together when Rose was actually out that actually looked good. And I think that what you're looking for now in the West, it, this has to do with Golden State. Now hang up and listen. What you're looking for in the West is like Golden State. You're looking for the Andrew uh, Iguodalas. You're looking for the bench. And uh, how you build the bench with our rookies and with Rose and all that, I mean, just think about a lineup of Butler, Wiggins, and Dang uh, with Towns. Like, you're looking for a mix. You're not looking for stars. That's not the way you're going to beat Golden State. I'll hang up and listen.
3: Thanks, so much.
2: I agree. But is Lou all dang Andre Iguodala? Well, but you're wait wait. Let's go. Let's let's also
3: let's also backtrack to what you said before, which is he's cooked. Which is if you believe that, it doesn't matter who he was. He played
2: one game last year. So if you're because he was banged up with injuries, right? And part of it too is I mean the Lakers were not a playoff team, and there's I mean, but that's that's the thing. Like I agree that look, I have been the one that has said they need more out of their bench. They need more out of their bench, but. If Luol Deng can't move because he's played a lot of minutes, he played a lot of minutes under Tibbs in Chicago. And he, played, he, had a, he had a stop in Cleveland and he played in Miami and he played fairly well. And his first year with the Lakers, he played 56 games, I think it was. But he got hurt, wasn't really a systematic fit there. And now it's like last year he played one game and just was, he gave them nothing. He gave them nothing. So it's not to me, to me. It's not about yes. You're you're in the West and you need wings and you need three point shooting to compete with Golden State and the Houston's of the world. But if to me, like Luol Deng right now is just a body.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: He he's not. I I look. The Golden State War is it, the Warriors are not of really a fair comparison, but I will use them for the sake of. Look, they are the best team in the world, and they are where they are for a reason. You, you have to be able to grow and develop players that are within your roster, young players, and you have to be willing to play them, and you have to be willing to develop them. Yes. So, yeah, you bring it. Okay, you bring in Luol Deng. What does that do for Kade Bates' job? What does that What does that do for Josh Kogi? They're not gonna play if 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 you're gonna tell well, me not, that they're Lu, not gonna play. Not gonna if play if, if you're gonna tell me that Lou I mean, Deng is gonna an- come in and he's you know gonna the answer. be you know he's, the answer. he's gonna be the third wing guy off the bench, then that means Bates Diop and Josh O'Kogee, you know who's who's already probably behind Derrick Rose on the depth chart, yep. they're not gonna play. That's not how I mean they've they've gotta you gotta develop you drafted those guys, you've gotta play them and develop them so so that when the time comes when you really need them mm-hmm. they're going to be ready to go
3: ed thanks for holding hi ed yeah first
5: yeah
2: hey i'm glad you're going to be around for a while you're going to
5: harass me yeah three o'clock starting monday before. there oh yeah <laughs> no 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 and it wasn't me i never
3: harassed you that <laughs> oh, was mackie no, no you that,
5: remember me mackie and judge that, yeah, so yeah but that was mackie go. i
3: always liked you and defended you, you to the death i'm glad you are
5: hey i want
3: to i'm say old something. like you
5: yeah um And I've been, I'm in my seventies. I've seen Minnesota sports. I've played high school sports. I think our sports scene is pathetic. You turn on a twins game. It's like watching triple A baseball and they're not going to improve next year by getting, uh, you know, Buxton and they, they, they have no depth. You look at the, at, at the Timberwolves all year long. I've been hearing you guys say Wiggins is not worth anything. So what, what do you have on the Timberwolves? You have two players, Towns and Butler.
3: Yeah, and they the don't get along. Are, That's a problem. The others are
5: rejects. Right? The others are rejects.
3: Well, you would hope, yeah, but you would hope that you could uh, save them from being that and develop them at some point here still. Because so how, long the- are you gonna, how long are you going to? How long are you
5: going to try to develop them? You've been developing for years. Well,
3: you just signed <laughs> Wiggins to a multi-year max contract, so it's going to be a while.
5: Yeah. Okay. Then, then go to the to the uh, uh, wild. You know, they'll they'll win a few games in a row, lose a few games, and lose the first game of the playoffs.
3: That's the state of hockey, and, yeah. and
5: then the other thing is, and I'm not, this one is a question mark. Event. Okay. I was not pleased by, by trading Keenum and Bridgewater away for $38 million quarterback.
3: They didn't but trade I him. Said, they just let him walk out the door. What? I said they didn't trade him. They They both
2: walked. They're free agents. Okay, whatever. They anyway, walked away. Says,
5: so I'm not that sold. I know it was preseason, but... All right. I don't know about the Vikings. Ed, I got a question for you. Ed, what yeah.
3: what in the current local sports scene makes you happy? Let's end this with something that makes Ed smile at the end of the day when it comes to the local sports scene. Oh, we already scene. know what that answer will be.
5: Uh, wait a minute. Okay, let me think. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. High school football. Vanilla <laughs> plays Friday night at home. Eden Prairie. Eden pra- you know, you get more excitement with Eden Prairie. And, uh, Vanilla, and some of these things, and you do with any of the pro sports. My
2: Hastings Raiders are paid, off to a great start this year. They beat Henry Sibley 49 nothing last week.
5: They're paid millions of dollars to do nothing. And you, and you guys are great because you report it, but every day you report the same stuff. It's like you could play a tape from last week, and you'll be talking about Butler and Wiggins and Towns and how they don't get together. If they were in a corporation and were executives and they didn't get together, you would ask them to leave. A guy would step in and say, "We can't work like this in our corporation. Please leave."
2: I mean, you could ask. You could ask Andrew Wiggins to leave. You just would still have to pay him one hundred forty-eight million dollars. That's a problem.
1: People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Woo-hoo! on fifteen hundred ESPN.
3: Mackie and Judd today is uh, Judd a very worked up Manny Hill about the Wolves and rightfully so. Declan, we're in the TCL broadcast studios, uh, gentlemen. Joshua Baker has weighed in on Twitter and is not happy with uh, with today's edition of stuff. Declan, you aren't. Why you're taking heat here? Well, I actually, am. What actually, did I do? actually, we all are. Okay. Joshua must be a Bills fan. Uh oh. Next time, Judd and Mackie wants to try talking about at Buffalo Bills, you might want to get somebody who follows them. Peterman was clearly the better QB in preseason. McCarron and Allen didn't look comfortable. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Hashtag trust the process. Can we please stop with trust the process? It was the Sixers deal. We're done with it. Can we please be
2: past it? And the Sixers process has actually gone fairly well, aside from Brian Colangelo, that whole situation. Can we just... But But please, I digress.
3: Please, can we get past that? But I'm just happy the Bills Mafia... It must be a stray Collar fan. Oh yeah, right. It must be a stray Matthew Collar follower fan who tuned in
4: to hear us inaccurately rip hey, Peterman. Hey, I, I I take Tommy Boy's word for it. I'd rather stick my head up a bull's rear end than you know or get a butcher's word for it instead of just 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 grasping at straws with Nathan Peterman lighting it up in the preseason. Look out, world! Bills Mafia coming at you.
2: He threw Buffalo's going to be awful. Five
4: interceptions. In two quarters. I think that's more than Tyrod Taylor through all of last season. Probably might be. By the way, Hard Knocks, final episode
3: last night. Fantastic. Watching guys get cut and how well they process it and take it is really incredible. You've been there for the entire training camp. It's the Cleveland Browns too, right? You're being cut by Hugh Jackson.
2: You're going through one and
3: thirty one. You're going
2: through these grueling practices. You're beating each other up. And and at least
3: the guys they showed. Now I'm sure if a guy melted down, they probably would object to it being shown. But at least the guys they showed. You know, you're being fired. You're being called in and fired. And it's it's as at least what I saw from last night. It's as gracious as can be, you know. Thank you very much for your efforts,
2: and then thank yeah. you. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. But, thank you. But yeah.
3: it reminded me again why I so badly wish that the Vikings were on hard knocks. How interesting would it have been to see the conversation between Zimmer and Robinson, or if they'd really gotten yeah. into it, if they had allowed it, the conversation with Terrence about it's time to retire, and do you want to join my coaching staff? That would have been... How interesting would that have been?
2: But Zimmer would never go for that, would he?
3: You know, it's weird. He's been on it twice as a DC, and he has opened in the Cincinnati, door. yeah. Yeah, and he's in, in the Pioneer and, Press. And Dallas,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Three times, I'm sorry. And the Pioneer Press asked him about it after he was hired here, and I want to say Matthew Collar uh, brought it up again in training camp this year, and Zimmer basically said, oh, I'd do it. Really? I think Spielman wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, I think... You know, <laughs> You know what? You know, the the interesting thing about Mike, again, because the thing I respect about him is I think when he screws up, he tries to find out how he screwed up and fixed it. But ultimately, the thing with Mike that I think makes him able to look at something like Hard Knocks and be like, I'll do it, is the fact that he's extremely comfortable with being himself. But he will alter things if he goofs them up. If he, you know, if his players, yeah. I mean, that that whole thing in Green Bay... When when his defensive backs decided to do their own thing, and it was
2: just miscommunication. Yeah, according brought, to Xavier Rhodes, you know, yeah, it was just miscommunication.
3: Except for the fact that Mike brought that that up and Mike <laughs> opened the door to it. But at the end of that year, is the year that Mike Seph came out and flat out said, "I got to go back and talk to people about that because something happened there." And to his credit, I think he did, and I think he found. I think he he made himself a better communicator and coach because of that. But I do believe that he's very comfortable with being himself. And I think there's a lot of people in this league who aren't. I think there's a lot of people in this league who have acts, who have styles that they try and and put off. Mm -hmm. And if the camera's around him too much, they're going to be exposed. Zimmer's not like that, which is why... He's
2: very authentic.
3: Yeah, he's very authentic, but that's why I think he would do hard knocks. But the thing with Robison, how interesting would that have been? Because... Mike's also not not afraid to be emotional about things. Yeah. And that had to be tough, right?
2: Yeah. That had to be extremely tough. B-Rob playing 11, was it 11 years? Yep. Yeah. And I mean, that's... Worked his ass off. Yeah. Worked his butt off and was a good... Was a good productive player, man. And he
3: was a good company man, too. Yeah. He was, I give, I, I told Phil this on the uh, Tuesday show, I give Robinson a lot of credit because he was front and center to answer our questions... Um, during a few really bad years. Some of those Frazier years, a lot of guys... Oh, were, that 2011 a lot, season a lot, was... of guys, a lot of guys were like, I got no interest in this one. And Greenway and guys like that came out and answered questions. And that was some bad football. And those were some That's bad a, that teams. That 2011 team. Woof. Yep. Yeah, so I get Brian...
2: McNabb and all that, yeah.
3: And that was... And, you know, he, keep in mind, too, the guys like Chad and Brian... We're part of a team that went NFC Championship game.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Wheels coming completely off in 2010, and then you're just putrid, and then you bounce back up. But that was that was a two year period of, or it was a one year period of we're really good. We're going to do something. Then going into 2010, you thought the same thing, and all hell broke loose. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Hard Knocks was great. I, that's the first I gotta, show in a I'm, long time that I actually made appointment on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock and yeah, I sat down to
2: watch. I got I to gotta find a way. I, I did watch the first episode, and I started the second episode, and it was late at night, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and I fell asleep, got about halfway through the second episode, and I haven't gone back to it since, but I do. I am very, very intrigued to go back to it and finish
4: it up. Uh, Declan, what do you have coming up in questions for us? Yeah, boys, we've got a couple Vikings questions I want to ask you, and then, of course, a Timberwolves-related one as well.
1: The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment.
3: So long, losers! On
1: 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and Judd.
3: Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions? What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon?
5: Of significant importance.
3: All right, Jacqueline. Three questions. What you got, Dick? We're set for you.
4: All right, boys. We were talking about Kirk Cousins' touchdown numbers earlier in the program. And I want to know, how many touchdowns does Dalvin Cook get this season? He had two last year, and I know Latavius will definitely get a little, some carries here and there, and, and probably a lot of look at the goal line. But how many touchdowns are we looking at for Mr. Dalvin Cook in his second season coming off an ACL tear?
2: If he's healthy for the full 16 games, I think he'll get in the end zone 12 times. 12 times, I like it. Combined rushing yeah. and passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 times.
3: I dig it. Well, uh, let's see here. Last year, Latavius Murray had
2: eight rushing and then blood. Because I do think Latavius will get a fair amount, too. Especially on the goal line.
3: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with... I um, guess the bar is 10. Would you go all under or over that, Judd? I was going to say exactly 10. Yeah. And I, th- I think actually for him it'll be more receiving. Unless they alter things with the goal line mentality and Murray uh, gets taken out. Because I think you're right right now that uh that he's going to get if they just have to punch the ball in it'll go to Latavius. I'm going to put him right at 10 and I'm going to say I'm going to give him seven receiving. Ooh, seven receiving and, and three, three rushing. and three rushing or or six and four. But I I think receiving wise he's going to have an enormous impact because
2: 65 70 catches out of the backfield.
3: Yeah, because here's no. here's why. This offensive line I don't think is ever going to be great this year. I think it'll be leaky throughout. Cousins is going to have to dump the ball off quickly a lot. Uh, I believe that that might take away, not all chances, but I think that that might impair how much he gets the throw to Diggs and Thielen consistently, especially on deep routes. But I think the first read of the check down, at times, the check down is going to be Cook. So I think you're going to see him get a real possibility to score some touchdowns on runs, after catches of, let's say, 35 yards, things like that. So I'm going to go exactly 10 touchdowns for Del, uh, Delvin Cook, and I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. I agree. And I think we're finally going to get to see what a complete running back in this town looks like, and it's going
2: to a long time It's going to make us that, appreciate man. it so no much kidding. that
3: number 28 will be given to some scrub next year, and we'll all get over it. Nice. Question two? Yeah, question mm-hmm. two. Hold on a second. You're fine. No, yeah, no, no. Turn that up. Turn that Batman transition.
4: Let's do it on. one more time there. Okay. Okay. All right. There, it there we Turn up, DJ. There we go. Uh, the Vikings defense, we were talking about sack numbers earlier, but I mentioned how the Vikes, they don't really force a lot of turnovers. Last year, they were 13th in the league with 14 interceptions, which, is, which isn't bad. I mean, mm-hmm. it's right above average. And they only recovered five fumbles, which was 28th. So do the Vikings get more turnovers this year on defense? I guess if we're if we're going with 14 plus 5 so 19 turnovers last year. Yeah. More than 19 turnovers. Can they mm. can they create some of that? I think they do. Yes, I think they do. I think uh
3: because to your point from before Declan, you, the sacks aren't a big deal to Mike, but the the turnovers are. I think you're going to see more. But here's the one thing. I think Zimmer uh Harps on trying to get turnovers but not at the expense of making dumb plays and trying to jump routes and that's going to backfire and cost you big but yeah you know what I think I think with the different looks that they can provide uh the-, the fact that Harrison Smith could be more of a hybrid type of positional player this year the fact that Anthony Barr could as well I'm going to say more it might not be a lot more but I think it will be more I think that's a it- tough one though
2: yeah, well, I think in order for them, if they're going to go to the Super Bowl, which is what they have aspirations to do, I think they're going to have to, and I, I think that they're going to be I, defensively if they're if they're healthy, if they can avoid the catastrophic injury like they did last year, they're going to be fine. I think they're, they're they're a top five defense in the league, you know, whether they force a lot of turnovers or not. But I think that is going to be the difference between them one of the big differences in between them getting into the super bowl or not is that their defense has the if their defense has the ability to force some turnovers. Jacksonville, that defense is every bit as good and they forced a ton of turnovers. Yep. Like that was their calling card. Yep. Was getting picks and forcing fumbles and <laughs> deflecting passes and and you know, forcing turnovers that way. They the, the Jaguars are ball-hawking defense and that's, you know, that's how you get there. And I think that if there is a weakness, I guess, on this defense, there's really not. But I guess if you want to nitpick and find a weakness on this defense is that they don't force a lot of turnovers. And, you know, if you have to go on the road for an NFC championship game again, you're going to need to be able to force some turnovers.
3: I think the more different looks that you can potentially provide an offense and confuse them, especially early on, Mm -hmm. the more you've got a chance to to force that. Because if you come out, for instance, with a three-safety look, which you haven't shown, I don't think much at all, maybe occasionally, but certainly not not, the, not with these three, mm-hmm. it's going to create confusion. So I do think that you have a chance, especially early on, early on to create opportunities
4: to confuse quarterbacks. Question three, we're going to go back to the hardwood on the basketball court. Manny. And, and here's, here's where I... i some more vent to you, Manny, than it is a question. But why don't the Wolves target more three-point shooting I really just don't understand it because like I'm going to use an example here who would be perfect in a Wolves uniform that is also a former Thibs guy Thibs guy and Marco Bellinelli I think Marco Bellinelli would be an amazing fit here I think he re-signed with Philly right after uh, Philly or San Antonio I know he, he was, went back he was to both, San Antonio went That's back what to was, San Antonio yeah. I think that is a perfect guy he can do everything that Jamal Crawford did last year I don't know if he's any better defensively than than Crawford was. He's not, but he's a much better three-point right. shooter. Right. And yeah. I, it just it, it puzzles me because what, this team finished 29th in in three points made last year or or towards the bottom of the league. I I when you look around,
2: they were, they were in the bottom, they were dead last in attempts, and they were like 29th in, like, made. I think the Suns were the only team that sure. made fewer.
4: And that's, it just, it blows my mind because you look at Houston and Golden State, and you look at these teams that are just getting better, and and this is the theme of the NBA, and what what are we doing? I, Anthony Tolliver was a great addition, but I, yeah. you're going you're gonna to need but more three-point shooting. That's one, one guy.
2: He's one guy, and... The, the fact that you don't really have a whole lot of three-point shooting in your starting lineup is what makes this even more, to your point, makes this even more sort of egregious is that, okay, Anthony Tolliver, he's a good three-point shooter, and you went and signed him, and, that, and that's good, but he's, he's a bench guy that's going to play probably 20 minutes a night for you, which is good for him, and that's his role, and that's fine, but you don't really have anybody else that can spread the floor. And you need—I mean, Towns, yes. Towns is a good three-point shooter, but Towns is a good scorer. He, he doesn't. Three-point shooting is not the only thing he does, and it's not the only thing that you should be having him do. So, yeah, I—I I, I don't know. They—the thing of it is—is is the, the way the league is today. Like teams don't let three-point shooting go in the free agency, which was kind of weird seeing Philadelphia let Michael right? go. Yeah, you got to trade for him, it. and you got to give yep. up something for him, and. Yep. You know, Bellinelli, he would have been a nice pickup. I would have loved it. He would have been a nice pickup. I agree.
3: I'm bothered about one thing from the past hour of this show. (laughs) The focus of this show has really gotten away from the thing that should P.O. us the most this week, and that's the Buxton thing. We've dumped on the Wolves for so long now, we've (laughs) almost forgotten that the Twins have tried to bleep up the most important player in their entire
4: franchise, and that's the most important focus for this entire week. I agree. And we had a caller too that called in about an hour ago and we were talking about it, that the front office did nothing. Uh I am trying to put on my Phil Mackie hat here, but they didn't address any pitching. Their payroll wasn't where it should be. Now I don't know about that. I, I don't I, I agree no, they, with you, Judd. I, I don't know if do so. that's the case. They went out and tried to get Lance Lynn. Who else did you want them to get? You Darvish? That would have worked out. Yeah. Alex Cobb, no thanks. But the, ranki- yeah. the rankings right now of the teams in this town that
3: drive me up the wall, the Wolves are one just because they have uh, apparently no-, no clue. They're trying to play old-timers games, and we don't know why. Well, we do know why, but it makes no <laughs> sense. Uh, but the twins, the twins have jumped the wild. Congratulations, Paul Fenton. I'm giving you a major break here because at least you're new, and you haven't had time to do something that has left me completely scratching my head.
4: I've defended the Twins up and down, but my gosh, I still, I'm, I'm still baffled. I'm still baffled. So is it, is it a given that Buxton and his agent are going to file grievance? Is that, is that a for sure? Uh,
3: they probably are, but uh, keep in mind the Chris Bryant grievance against the Cubs from how long ago now? Three years ago? Two years ago? At least? Yeah, 2015. 2015. I yeah, think it's, is when that it's still pending. Oh wow. <laughs> so Actually, it doesn't. I know that. Wow. It doesn't matter. Okay. it
2: doesn't matter. Here's. So Buxton's going to hit well, here's free agency what's coming. probably before we you, even get a.
3: I'm going <laughs> to tell you what's coming. I've told you guys before, the National Football League Players Association needs to strike. They need to strike. I don't think that they will, but they should. The player, the baseball players, I think, will. I think the CBA's through 2022. Uh, yeah, there's been some friction there. The most important thing to keep in mind is that one of Donald Fair's lieutenants from the National Hockey League Players Association just joined baseball. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. The Donald Fair regime loved nothing more. And how more. many
2: work stoppages have we had in the NHL in the last 25 yep. years? Oh,
3: at every turn. Too many. At every turn nope. because the incompetent commissioner has no idea what his own game's about. But the baseball people, I think, are going to go out this time. I think that there's going to be enough. Manfred's tried to push them around at times. He's tried to intimidate them at times. They've pushed back because they're good at that. But I think if if you have if you have somebody who knows Donald Fair r- really well and knows his moves, I think the next step towards saying, okay, it's time to probably go out and strike is to hire a guy that he knows. So, but anyway, I just wanted to bring it back to the most, the incompetent team of this week is the Twins. As, as much as the Wolves might drive us crazy, I don't want it to be overlooked that Falvey and Levine. Or Falveen are, they, they're either doing their own thing or they're doing the work of somebody else, but it makes zero sense.
1: Mackie and John will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN.
2: Oh, there he is, Mr. Mankato.
1: There he is, your training camp hero.
2: The dreams of a dozen men who were late round draft picks, plaguing well in full team practice. Oh, he may turn out to be cut before the 53-0. Oh, all
3: right. Is if you missed Mr. it, hour one today. The fifth Mackie and Judd Mr. Mankato award was presented. And yes, they train in Egan now. And yes, we don't care. It's still Mr. Mankato. They train there forever. It's staying Mr. Mankato. It's Egan's every man, Judd. And jo- no, it's not. And tell Patrick it's not. Although I do like the effort. Um, so joining Adam Thielen, who won in 2014, Stefan Diggs, who won in 2015, J. Ron Curse, who won in 2016, and Tayshawn Bauer, who won it in 2017. Kyle Sloter, your third-string quarterback. A guy who Collar basically told me he was not that impressed with in practice, but continually in the preseason played well. Kyle Slaughter, uh, between what was a very close fan vote and also with the committee members from the Mr. Mankato voting process, Kyle Slaughter is your Mr. Mankato. And, of course, he not only um, stuck around, but he will be the team's third quarterback this season.
2: i I'm disappointed. And the only reason why I'm disappointed, I'm not disappointed that Kyle Slaughter is Kyle Slaughter is Mr. Mankato. Where's our guy Randy? Our guy Randy in Cottage Grove loves Kyle Slaughter. We have no idea where. he was. Why is he not? Because he works in
3: mysterious ways.
2: Is he or, or is he so happy and so excited that he's basically drunken himself into? A coma because he's just so ecstatic. You're trying to figure out that the way. Kyle Slaughter is Mr. Mancato.
3: Manny, you're trying to figure out the ways.
2: I'm so sub- that impossible. Randy in Cottage Grove is not called in to celebrate. I'm called GL today. to talk about it.
3: And he you can call yeah, he GL might, next. He, he can call the ride. I he, don't know. I mean, Randy Pat would love that. Randy works in mysterious ways. So the, the fact that I mean, you, you're probably right. He probably has been drunk for 48 hours now. It's not uncommon. Kyle Sloter, congratulations! I had a nice awesome long stuff. I had a nice long conversation with that young man, Kyle Sloter, That is a training camp this year. Very very nice, very polite young man. Did You talk hockey at all of them? No. no, no, just no. football X's nope. and O's. Talked football, not really X's and Favorite O's. Favorite more about his more about his rise from unknown college type player. Northern Colorado, I think it yep. was right. Yeah, and well, and he also was. Oh, what's, what, what was the story he was telling me? That he wasn't going to play, and then he decided to play, and basically no, no one cared, and he thought, I don't know if I can make it. And then he's like, bleep but I'm going to try. And then he went to the Broncos, and he was great. In the preseason last year, he was fantastic. But they got cute, and they thought, well, we'll sneak him through, which with a quarterback is a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. And And that's when the Vikings actually did not sign him to the roster. He got cut by the Broncos, who wanted to sign him back to their practice squad, and the Vikings, and the Vikings came along
4: and, and offered a really good practice squad salary. I'm pretty sure it was like the highest I think that's right. like, practice squad player in the NFL, yes. highest paid pa- practice squad player, was Kyle Slaughter last year.
2: And I think you guys are missing something that's really, really important with Kyle Slaughter as well, that he is a part of a very, very unique fraternity in football. He's a quarterback that wears the number one. Never, really, get it. never Cam, really thought about it too much. Cam Newton. Yeah. Warren Moon. That's, that's, that's my list. That's yep. about yeah. it. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's about my, it. I never even considered that fact. That's, 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 that's big time, man. He's going to be good. I like Kyle Slaughter a lot. Uh-oh.
3: We have Breaking Center Controversy News.
2: Uh-oh. What do breaking we got? Breaking
3: Center Controversy News. Now, if you saw yesterday on Twitter, Brian Baldinger, NFL Network tweeted that it looked like Danny Isadora was gonna start at center. But today Kirk Cousins said the first team snaps came Brad from Jones. Brett Jones. Mm. From, and hold on a second. Cause ask and you shall receive. Randy, what's
1: up? Uh, someone uh, one of my guys I work with said you were trying to trying to have a have a beef, a bone to pick with me?
3: No,
2: no, 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 no. We were surprised you didn't call. I was because, just Randy. I was just disappointed that you hadn't called in to celebrate Kyle Slauter being Mister Mankato yeah, earlier. I, Announced I, at I nine t- a.m. I tweeted about it. I know. I know what happened.
1: You think I don't know? I first of all, number one, I called this. You remember that, uh, Jeff? When when the, when the Broncos, uh, when, when we got him from the Broncos, I said that day. I think I called you guys that that day or the day after, and I said, keep your eyes on this guy. He's gonna be a real. He's going to be a real surprise player. He's a stud. And look at, look at it now. You know, a lot of people give me a pat on the back and said, oh, Randy, you really nailed that first-round pick this year. A lot, of, a lot of people thought they'd go offensive line, and I said, uh-uh. They're going to go with Mike James. And I was right. And, that, and you know, some of that's intuition. Some of that is connection. You know, I got sources. I know some guys, too. But yeah. here's the thing with Slaughter. He's a, he's a stud. He's got a cannon, okay? He can scramble. Okay. And I saw that on tape. I saw it on tape before the Broncos. I certainly saw his uh, practice film with the Broncos, you know? So when we got him, I will tell you this right now. He was a guy who was always going to make hay here. And it was only a matter of time. And you just watch, you just watch If Kirk Cousins starts out a little shaky, which I don't think he will. I think he's good too. He's going to be on a real short leash when you got a guy as talented as Kyle looking over his shoulder. So Kirk you
3: just watch because Slaughter is he's ready. He Bye. is ready. Bye Randy. See you. Randy. We'll see you later. We are done back <laughs> tomorrow. GL's up next.
0: Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English cheddar.